Your friendly reminder that some states on election night just stopped counting. They went home and went to bed. And tons of ballots magically appeared for one singular candidate. And you were supposed to act like, eh, it's not concerning whatsoever. It's the Adrian Slade Show. The presidential motorcade has just passed through heavy crowds in downtown Dallas. Destroying the media lies and dismantling the narratives. One story at a time. It's the Adrian Slade Show. Did you know you can campaign to be president of the freest nation on the globe by calling a lid every morning at 9 a.m.? And then you can even eclipse the first black American president's popular vote count at the same time. I mean, did you know? Ground games. They're no longer needed in the presidential election. You don't need to do rallies or go door to door, state to state, city and city. You can just zoom that poop on in. And did you know you can be completely incoherent and win the presidency while you're telling everybody you're running for the Senate and that you're running on your running mate's ticket and you'll still beat a roaring economy because the days of, ads eh, the economy, stupid, are over. Eureka! This guy gets more votes than Barack Obama by zooming that crap on in. Yeah. And they're going to do this in Georgia because Georgia has decided, yeah, we like those Dominion voting machines that we talked about on the prior podcast. Yeah, they're fine. We'll use that in the in the runoffs. Great idea. So everybody out there talking to us about, well, we got to win the Senate. That's the most important thing. Win in the Senate. Um, Two problems here. We might get the Senate stolen at 4 a.m. with 100,000 ballots showing up. Or we win the Senate and they govern and, and legislate like they've done over the past couple decades. Where instead of speeding us into Marxism and Hegelism, they're just going to slow roll it a bit. You know, we're still going to have the spending, out of control spending and and liberal garbage that that conservatism stands against. It's just going to take a little bit longer to get there. That's all. But yeah, they're going to do it because Georgia is going to be fine with it. So at this point, elections are meaningless, you know, and then again, if the GOP does win, the digital whack-a-mole smartmatic software system and algorithms that are rigged in the election. Um, let's just hope that they actually legislate correctly. Um, this whole thing, right now, the PSYOP, the CIA PSYOP <laughs> of propaganda with the Biden campaign is unbelievable. He's, he's the office of the president-elect, and the media went out and coronated him as... You know, they called the elections because me, the media is supposed to be able to call elections, <laughs> right? And we talked about that on the prior podcast, too. And they're doing he's doing addresses. You know, he did an address over the Thanksgiving Day weekend. And Biden's getting to look like he's already president. It's just like when the housing crash happened and John McCain stepped out of his campaign. And next thing you know, Barack Obama beats him. And then Barack Obama rolls up his sleeves. He's going to get in there early, make it look like he's already president, fixing the housing market. 
Uh, yeah, it's all BS. And it was BS then, too. And it's BS now because the other states haven't certified anything, even though they're going to just say, ah, to hell with le uh, state legislatures, to hell with the Pennsylvania Constitution. We're just going to yeah, let's just certify these things. Get the courts over there to to change the law, and then we'll just have the Secretary of State and the governor just certify whatever. I mean, <laughs> we used to be a constitutional republic to the point where somebody'd say, oh, we got to maintain our democracy. And I'd say, oh, we're not a democracy. We're a constitutional republic. No, we're not a democracy. We're a banana republic now. You know, where where we can have... The United Nations of Davos come up with a planned out war game called Event 201 to see what we do in, in the event of a pandemic in New York City. We're going to war game that out at the same time that China is having a real outbreak. And then that outbreak's going to come over here and we're really going to destroy the economy and lock it all down. And then we're going to allow social justice warriorism to go unfettered and toppling statues and everything else under the sun. And we're going to scare the piss out of everybody else so that they can't go to church and worship and they can't have Easter or Thanksgiving or Christmas. But we can have Gay Pride Month. We can be all oiled up in our in our little Speedos and jock straps and come out with, you know, red, white, what, the colors of the rainbow all over you. We get to do that. And we get to worship our paganism out in the streets and burn down statue, what, statues and businesses in cities. And then we're going to turn around and say, oh, you can't show up to vote. No, you might die if you go outside. You might kill everybody, kill grandma. So you're going to need to vote from your house and we'll just send you the ballots. And then they have a wargamed transition integrity project where John Podesta and them wargame out. All the presidential scenarios. What happens if Biden wins? What happens if Trump wins? Does California secede from the union? And we go through all of this only to watch our elections get hijacked at 4 a.m. when states went to bed. This is 2020. This is it in a nutshell. And this is also where the Great Reset is coming from. Because when we get into Biden's cabinet picks, you're going to start to go, wow. They're looking at climate change. They're looking at globalism. And you know what? That's what my concern is with the election tampering. I don't even care at this point if it's Trump winning or not. I want to uncover the vote tampering because Trump should have won. But on top of that, we're never going to have an election again, guys. And the Dominion voting system will be used in Georgia. And then after that's all said and done, guess what's going to happen? We probably won't have a 2024 election. We'll be the United States of Davos. We will be the EU on crack. And we will have a Chinese-style global economy where businesses look like they're capitalism on the outside, but they're all government-owned, government interest, government-dictated on the inside. I've only been saying that for a couple of years now, but it looks as, as though it's coming closer and closer with the hashtag Great Reset. So we get back into looking at Georgia. Stacey Abrams claims 750,000 have requested ballots for the Georgia runoff already. In a post-election day article about control of the Senate, a Washington Post political analyst wrote, 
Democratic candidates have traditionally not performed well in Senate runoffs in Georgia when it's more difficult to get out the vote without a presidential race at the top of the ticket. Since then, I've heard similar refrains from various politicos. The GOP candidates are favored to win. Senator David Peru and Kelly Loeffler are incumbents. Purdue defeated his opponent by two points in November. He'll do it again. Loeffler was Brian Kemp's hand-picked choice to replace Senator Johnny Isaacson. And you know what? This kind of thinking is dangerous. Republicans should not be lulled into false senses of complacency because the forthcoming Georgia runoffs are extremely competitive and are anything but in the bag. On Monday, Stacey Abrams, what does she have to do with everything? Why is she in the mix on all of this? Is it because she's a black liberation, uh, Black Panther, Muslim Brotherhood person? I don't know. But she has announced that more than 750,000 Georgians had requested ballots for the January runoffs. And she provides a link to Georgia's online absentee ballot request form in her tweet. According to Fox News, this is three times the number requested for the 2018 election. The Fox News article notes that the state's election board voted to extend the use of the 24-7 monitor drop boxes for the use of the runoff. So, yeah, they're going to steal that election, too, right there in front of you. And then they're just going to look at you and laugh. They're going to poop on you and tell you, eh, it's not hail. It's, I mean, it's, not, it's not poop. It's just hail. You know, that's where we're going with all this. And then, huh, the PSYOP will continue until suddenly they've stolen enough votes and they have run out the clock on, on Trump's re-election chances that they inaugurate Biden. And guess what we're going to have for four years in the media? Lots of media taint fluffing. Just listen to this ball-tickling, softball garbage given out by the left, the leftist media. Just listen to them just tickle that taint for Joe Biden. He, I mean, they, they've got articles where they're talking about his cat. He has two dogs. And then he's the, a psychic. The Daily Beast said a psychic thinks that his two dogs are really excited, even though she's never met the two dogs. His two dogs are really excited to be in the White House, and he's also going to have the first presidential cat. Meow! Yeah, he's going to have a cat. Wow. And what happens? Oh, Joe Biden broke his foot playing with his dog. Oh, in the follow-up article, it said <laughs> Vice Presidential or Presidential-elect Biden broke his foot with vigor and veracity of a president. I mean, even breaking his foot was considered an accomplishment by the news media. So listen to this montage of media clips just tickling Biden's taint and, and just, you know, just softballing him to death. They talked about his socks in an article. It's just ridiculous. Thank you, Mr. Vice President-elect and um, Vice... Thank you, Mr. President-elect and Vice President-elect Harris. Um, a question for you first, which is, what do you make of the fact that the president is 
having these calls with Michigan County officials um, amid his bid to overturn the election. He's going to be having also Michigan Republican legislators at the White House tomorrow. Is anything that he's doing making you rethink your strategy? I know you say um, that you don't want to have legal action right now. And what do you say to Americans, especially immigrant Americans who came to the United States looking for political stability and seeing all the things that the president is doing? Hang on. I'm on my way. That's what I say to them. Not a- the other thing I'll just say is I was talking to a Democrat who just said this also felt like the Avengers. It felt like we're being rescued from this, this <laughs> craziness that we've all lived through from the last four years. And now here are the superheroes to come and save us all. In my Oval Office, you're Mikasa Yukasa. I'm going to need you. I hope we're going to spend a lot of time together. Okay. Well... Thanks, everybody, for coming in. Mr. Mr. Biden, the, the COVID task force said it's safe for students to be in class. Are you going to encourage unions to cooperate more to bring kids back to classroom, sir? Instead of doing the turkey pardon, he can pardon Giuliani, he can pardon himself, he can pardon Pence, he can pardon all those turkeys. Did you notice the juxtaposition that I did at the end of that video clip? (laughs) The difference between how they treated Biden and then Biden snapping back at the freaking reporter and then them just going off on Donald Trump. That's that's the juxtaposition that needs to be shown to show the media treatment and how it's going to be for four years. It's just going to be just a love fest like no other. And we're being told also on top of the love fest that we had the cleanest election of all time. Yeah. Clean, just void of any fraud. Attorney General Barr, which he's been MIA for a friggin' long time. He's like, yeah, we're not, DOJ doesn't need to get involved in this. There's no evidence of fraud. Keep it on the state level. Let the states handle it. Ah, okay. But here's the thing. We know just on the outset that there was some fraud. But they're trying to tell us, oh, Sidney Powell, the lawyer who is on a separate mission then the Trump legal team, um, she has discovered that these Dominion voting machines and the Smartmatic software is something that was made in Venezuela and that she's cray cray for thinking this. She's nutso. I want to take you through. It's going to be a couple long clips, so bear with me. First clip is like four minutes long from 2006. Lou Dobbs, when he was on CNN, doing an entire expose on the Dominion voting systems and uh, Smartmatic. And uh, tell me where Sidney Powell is cray-cray here. Tell me how, if these devices were used throughout P- PA elections, I think, they're in Georgia, they were used in different states, how would we accept this infrastructure into our voting system? In the United States of America, how would we bring this in? Just listen. It's a four-minute clip, but listen to the back and forth with Lou Dobbs and the journalist who, back in the day when CNN actually did some digging, listen to the exchange that they have and what they talk about. 
a firm owned by Venezuela, could be allowed to take over one of this country's top voting machine firms. Venezuela, of course, led by Hugo Chavez, working to uh, change uh, the uh, the views of most uh, South American countries, moved to the left. Critics of the deal say our nation's very democracy is now for sale without anyone doing a thing about it. Kitty Pilgrim reports. The use of some 19,000 electronic voting machines in the city of Chicago and Cook County primary on March 21st of this year is now under intense scrutiny. The U.S. company that makes the machines, Sequoia, was bought in 2005 by Smartmatic, a private company primarily owned by Venezuelan businessmen. When Chicago had problems with the machines, a dozen Venezuelan employees were there to help with the election. Chicago officials are outraged. I think that American elections ought to be run by American companies and ought to be run by American citizens, not uh, Venezuelan nationals. Smartmatic is technically based in Boca Raton, Florida, but the president of the company, Jack Blaine, testified to the Chicago City Council. Fewer than a dozen Smartmatic employees work in Florida. The majority of the workers are based in Venezuela. Watchdog groups question why U.S. voting machines would be under the control of citizens of another country, especially a country whose own election process is highly suspect. We believe this is a national security issue. There is no way that companies belonging to non-U.S. corporations should have access to our elections. The Treasury Department is supposed to monitor sales of U.S. companies to overseas investors where there is a question of national security, such as in the Dubai ports deal, the so-called CFIUS review process. Some in Congress are demanding an investigation. In the case of uh, Smartmatic, there are a number of unanswered questions. Uh, that's why I wrote to the Secretary of the Treasury and asked them to review the ownership. It's offshore, it's murky, no one seems to know who owns it. Uh, certainly our government should know a potential risk to the democratic process. Now we called the Treasury Department to ask if the sale of Sequoia in 2005 had been reviewed or not. Treasury told us they were aware of the sale but can't confirm if it's been reviewed or not. And some in Congress and voter watchdog groups also are demanding a better answer than that, Lou. Well this Treasury Department uh, is uh, filled with incompetence. Uh, they have uh, stopped in over 1,500 reviews, only one sale uh, to foreign owners' American assets. But a voting machine company, critical to uh, this country's election count, and they can't tell you whether or not the Committee uh, on Foreign Investment in the United States reviewed it or not? They have no answer for us. And they, even These are the most arrogant, incompetent, bureaucratic idiots I mean, the Treasury Department is trying to move ahead of uh, a number of other departments in that in that category. It's incomprehensible that this would be at, at, in any way. Have a we question. put a call into? Uh, uh, I know John Snow's on a short tenure and uh, uh, short on tenure, but perhaps somebody who works for him would have some basic we, sense that he owes the American people an answer. Lou, we have been trying to get the officials. Uh, they said they thought it was a company. So there are a lot of people in murky, murky territory right here, and uh, I think it really does deserve some examination. Great. Uh, it certainly does. We're going to continue to do so. I think we need to tip our hat to the Congresswoman. Uh, she did a marvelous job in, uh, in looking into this. and. Uh, Hats off to her. Uh, at least somebody uh, is trying to make some sense. This administration, uh, call the White House. 
I, I, let's find out the answer so this audience knows exactly what's going on by Monday evening. I, and this is ridiculous. I, it's, we are looking one. into it actively, Lou. Thank you, Kitty. An outstanding report. I just burns me up. That's why I say we are now a banana republic. We're allowing Venezuelan technology to uh, be used in our votes. And this, these devices and information uh, and software were used in a Philippine election back in 2016. And listen to this. This is actually from a Philippine news outlet. Listen to them talk about Smartmatic and Dominion voting systems. The Department of Justice finds Smartmatic and some personnel of the Commission on Elections criminally liable under the Cybercrime Prevention Act in connection with the May 2016 elections. Monoxon explains why. The Justice Department has found a probable cause to charge Smartmatic and Comelec personnel for violation of the Cybercrime Prevention Act for script change during the national elections in May 2016. The case has been forwarded to the Department of Justice after it was dismissed by the Manila Prosecutor's Office last year. In a 41-page resolution dated June 2, DOJ has found reason to indict Smartmatic's technical support team head Marlon Garcia and his subordinates Neil Baniked and Mauricio Herrera, as well as Comelec information technology experts Rui Peñalba, Nelson Herrera, and Frances May Gonzalez. According to the complainant, former Avocada Representative Jonathan De La Cruz, the accused intentionally changed the script of the transparency server last May 2016 elections. Nap nap napakatibay nito, number one, uh, na nagkaroon ng manipulation. Sapagkat hindi naman sinabi sa kanila na pwede ninyong galawin yan. Hindi. Gumawa sila na sarili nilang diskarte para gumalaw. The Cybercrime Prevention Act penalizes an authorized access of a computer system, intentional and reckless altering of computer data, and hindering or interfering a computer system without proper authority. De La Cruz will request for a special prosecutor from the DOJ to handle the case. And I'm not done yet. Listen to this uh, state legislature from uh, a Filipino state legislature grilling a Smartmatic, uh, I guess he's an employee, maybe a CEO, I can't remember, but he is pissed because what they did in the Philippine election was they told everybody the election stops at 7, they set the computers to go until 10, and all these other votes could come in after everything was counted to offset the election and steal it for the opponent. Just listen to him going off on this Smartmatic uh, guy. Paranaque Representative Roy Logol has also raised questions about what he calls erratic date and timestamps. Wallace asked Smartmatic why the automated system didn't have precautionary functions to ensure the date and time in the machines were correct. Heider Garcia of Smartmatic says the timestamps in the machines were only to record the sequence of action but would not say exactly when these actions took place. At this, committee chairman Teodoro Luxin lost his temper, slamming Smartmatic anew for misleading lawmakers about its system. If this sequence can be delayed to 10 in the evening, what the heck? My God! Sir, Our, your assurance was that anything that happens between 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. would be reflected. 
as 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. I didn't know that 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. could be moved to 10 in the evening. You realize what a fool you have made, sir, of the legislators who passed this law. I understand, sir. With all due respect, it's a it's an unforeseen situation. It's one unforeseen. Yes, sir. That was the principal guarantee that this would be an honest election, that we would know digitally what would happen during election day and during the election hours. And you do, sir, if I may. No, no, don't forget that. You had us standing here guaranteeing to the to the public and the world that even if fraud is committed, we would be able to trace it. We never said that fraud could not be committed. But you said we could trace it. And now you tell me that at 10 in the evening you could do it and we would never know. Wow, it looks like the Filipino government, not really a fan of those machines or the software in it. Remember, it's Dominion Voting Systems, the machine that was made by a, can a company out of Canada. It is the Smartmatic software used in the machines that's the Venezuelan aspect of it. And then that information is sent to servers over in Frankfurt and in Barcelona that is uh, that was run through that company, Skydal. And Skydal went out of business. They said that there was some armed conflict with military uh, members of the United States going in to seize those servers and that they did get them, according to Louis Gohmert. I don't know. We talked about that last podcast, and I'm not sure. Still waiting to see how that plays out. But... To sit there and say that there's nothing, no issues with this? The BBC had two reports. The first report said that Smartmatic played a big role in flipping the Venezuelan election, keeping Hugo Chavez into power back when he ran. And then the very next month, suddenly... A, a fire in a warehouse filled with Dominion voting machines burned to the ground. Tons and tons of voting machines burned in the process. And now we learn there's more crazy incidents concerning Dominion voting, the, the machines. Eric Coomer, this guy is apparently somebody that was on a call, a Zoom call, with Antifa, Antifa members. Talking about the election. And they said, oh yeah, Eric from Dominion is, or, or is here. They didn't say his full name, so we're still trying to piece whether or not that's the same Eric, but could be. And they wanted to make the case that, uh, we are not gonna, he basically said, don't you worry about Trump being reelected. He's, we're gonna make sure of that, right? So you got a Dominion voting executive on a Zoom call with members of the militant side of the democrat party trying to oust trump for four years with phony russia investigations he's going to turn around and say oh don't you worry about it our systems will handle this and they had talks about election integrity just recently in october it was on c-span listen to them talk to the institute for critical infrastructure technology it's a forum that they had and they go back and forth about the integrity of these voting machines yeah So we're not going to move on to the state level, and there's obviously at the state level several layers of technology which can be compromised. Um, the report discusses several, seven primary attack vectors. They are exploiting website vulnerabilities, breaching state servers, insider threats, infecting state PCs, 
poisoned updates at the manufacturer level, spreading malware to state election systems, and compromising state tabulators. So what we're going to do next is go through each of these one by one. We again have another infographic to help facilitate the conversation. Uh, so first, um, we'll start with exploiting website vulnerabilities. Yeah, I'm, you know, Dominion Systems, um, who also own Sequoia, who also, and they also own um, Premier, I believe, uh, which used to be Diebold. Um, you know, they have a portal for all their customers. Um, it's something simple to guess, like Dominion dot Dominion Voting slash Portal. Um, you know, simple authentication that can be popped and and, and you go as a, as a customer to you know, view or manipulate data from the portal side, which includes tabulated results. Um, you know, uh, you know, all the all the different FTP sites that can be popped so uh, as, as well, which is a little bit different from the web side of it. But um, it's it's a uh, you know, it doesn't take a nation state actor and the sophistication that they have to uh, run some simple tools to uh, manipulate these sites or try to brute force their way into the sites to, man to maintain access. And I think that's a, a really important point you just made as well. It doesn't take a nation state to be successful doing this. So think about the resources a nation state that wanted to manipulate our election could bring to bear to actually manipulate these. So because it is not a high level of sophistication to compromise any of these systems. Yeah, and it just comes down to getting into um, the website, brute force, uh, SQL injection, um, getting into the network, stealing credentials, mapping the network, gaining intelligence. Um, yeah, I, I think this is uh, Arizona election website was breached this way. So this has already happened. So script kitties always learn from what's already worked. So they'll mimic this breach. So obviously there's some reason for concern right there. I mean, this was in October before the election. I've been tweeting about how I thought they were going to steal the election. Did that the entire year. I mean, they only were telegraphing it in. So let's listen to Mr. Believed to be on the Antifa call, Eric Coomer from Dominion Voting Systems, talk about it himself, about how they can operate this system in whichever way they, man whichever manner they wish. Handle everything currently digitally. This is our digital adjudication system. If you have multiple ICCs, ImageCast Central is running, they all write the data to a network drop location, and you can have multiple adjudication stations for multiple teams to handle the outstack ballots. This is a typical voter intent issue where they didn't fill out the ovals completely, they just made little tick marks. Um, it's what's called an ambiguous mark. And what we're saying is we're not sure what the voter intent is, but we're going to allow the adjudicators to make that call based on any kind of state statutes. So right on the screen, I can go ahead and say, you know what? The voter meant to mark those. They wanted those votes to count for those candidates. I can do the back page. I'm not going to fill all of them in here. And then I hit complete. It's going to go on to the next ballot. And this is another classic one where the voters filled the names instead of filling in the ovals. Any ballot that needs to be looked at will show up automatically on the screen. Um, some key things here. Uh, this is a this is a great tool for doing things like audits and recounts. Okay, so things like five percent recounts these days. We have an entire uh, additional system that that works very similar to the adjudication project product, but it's for reviewing uh, ballots. So you can select whether you want to filter by precincts, a random selection of precincts, 
or just a random sampling of ballots across the whole election to actually audit. Um, we're doing that to support things. Uh, the buzzword in the industry these days are risk limiting audits. Um, it's a statistical way of, of auditing election results. Um, and we can support that through this system as well. So, wow, they can adjust things. You know, you got some digital hanging chads. You know, you might not have hit the oval all the way with your Sharpie or whatever. And they can adjudicate on your behalf. You know, they can switch your intent. Maybe your intention was to vote for Trump and they didn't like it. Well, maybe they can switch that intent to Biden. Because that's basically what happened with this situation. And what's even crazier is what the Gateway Pundit found on uh, Eric Coomer said they said we noted the document identifies donald trump's hating eric coomer as the inventor of the authentication function within the application this is a court filing that they're talking about that Sidney powell put in because it now shows that not only can they do things to it um looks as though some acorn people can do it as well the title from this article is not only was Dominion prone to attack from China and Iran, it was also connected to pro-Obama entity known as ACORN. Yep. So, hey, you got that going for you. You know, and, and that's the thing. What do we do to create a voting system that has full integrity if it's going to be digitally? I don't know. Maybe we can get some good tech people, some knowledgeable tech people like those who uh, can build sites like Facebook and Twitter and YouTube. And oh, wait a minute. Yeah, they don't like conservatives. Ain't going to work out for us. Well, maybe it should be an impartial uh, bill. Like, you know, maybe it's a, a in government kind of thing. Well, maybe we can get the government that uh, spied on a private citizen running for public office and use the entire weight of the bureaucracy against uh, his campaign and keeping him under investigation for four years over nothing. Maybe they can write the code and build the voting sy system. Yeah, we're, we're really kind of stuck in this situation. But, you know, we have to look at the runoffs because there's a dumb argument that's been going on right now, and I want to fully address it with my opinion, and I can't put it into 280 characters. I've got to actually let you know why I feel the way I do about Lynn Wood getting up on stage and telling people what to do in this scenario with the Georgia runoff. Listen to this clip, and I'll give my thoughts directly after. I'm going to disagree with Vernon Jones. Where's Kelly? Loffler here. Where's David Perdue? He ought to be standing right here. Those two people want your vote, then they ought to tell you what we're Get a special session of the legislature now. Do not be fooled twice. This is Georgia. We ain't dumb. We're not going to go vote on January 5th in another machine made by China. You're not going to fool Georgians again. If Kelly Loeffler wants your vote, if David Perdue wants your vote, they've got to earn it. They've got to demand publicly, repeatedly, consistently, Brian Kemp call a special session of the Georgia legislature. And if they do not do it, if Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue do not do it, 
They have not earned your vote. Don't you give it to them. Why would you go back and vote in another rigged election? For God's sakes, fix it. You got to fix it before we'll do it again. They've already got 800,000 absentee ballots. They're printing them out. Oh, man. Did this make conservative Twitter and conservative uh, ink go crazy? Even, even the great one, Mark Levin. And I know why he did it. He kind of chimed in on it and said, you know what? Everybody was saying, Linwood said, do not vote for Georgia because, you know, uh, we didn't like the way the vote worked. Um, there's an important piece to this. First off, yeah, we should vote regardless. I mean, they're going to steal the vote, but there's measures in place that hopefully will eradicate the situation that we're in, but I don't know if that's going to be the case. I mean, 2020 has told us nothing goes our way, does it? But at the same time, Lynn Wood is kind of right. And hear me out on this. Don't, I'm Again, I'm not saying do not go out and vote, but what I am saying is this. What is politics? Politics is leverage. That's all it is. Okay, so who has the leverage here? Well, first off, Loeffner and Purdue have the leverage because it's their campaigns and their party's uh, executive branch leader is Brian Kemp. He is their governor. And it is they who have leverage to get these systems removed and have an integral vote. But who is the other point of leverage? Yeah, that'd be we the people. And if they're not serious about going out and doing something about this, um, there's a problem there. Because we can't want them to win more than they want them to win. So if they're going to allow, because again, early on in the podcast, I talked about this, Georgia had confirmed right after the election results that almost cost both of those two seats and had put it down into a runoff situation, now we're going to use those again for the next count. What's the point in showing up for that? What's the point of voting for the same results? A theft of an election for two of these. You don't think they're going to do that? For I mean, they, they get Senate majority. They would get the presidency. They still have the House majority. So... If they're willing to do it on a presidential level in multiple states, which now it looks like Nevada might be back in play. People voting from out of state, people dead, dead voting, uh, vacant lots receiving ballots that are filled out and sent in. All of that's starting to come back into play. Arizona looks like it's coming back into play. Pennsylvania. Um, and Michigan, where, you know, you had... Just some crazy situations going on. Um, yeah, it really does come down to how bad does Loeffler and, and Purdue want to do this? And then are we going to have a change in the votes or the voting system in Georgia? Now, Brian Kemp is saying now that they're going to do signature audits of the vote, which is great. That should be happening. But why did it take this long to get to that point? I don't know. 
So before everybody starts bagging on, oh, well, Linwood's a Democrat. He has always voted Democrat. Well, a lot of new Democrats in the Trump uh, big tent, which I wrote an entire piece over at uh, um, Omnia News. It's also on the Adrian Slade Show blog, adrianslade.show.com. Go read it, where I'm just saying, look, the, the Republican Party ain't going back to the way it used to be. And if anything, Trump should take it upon himself to create a new party and pull all of those people, the, the people that got fed up with the socialist Democrats, the people that got fed up with the squishy GOP, all of those people would go right along with them. So uh, let's not go down that road where we like you've got somebody fighting on behalf of vote voter integrity like Lynn Wood and Sidney Powell. And what are we doing? We're out there trying to make them into Roy Moore, you know, trying to make them into crazy cartoon pe people. And you know what? Speaking of that, the same people who are out there going, well, we have to vote in Georgia. I can't believe he said don't vote are the same ones uh, that were fine vilifying Roy Moore after he already won the primaries, giving Doug Jones the freaking Senate in Alabama of all places. You need to check yourselves because you know what? You are the ones that sat there and screamed about Roy Moore. And guess what? That's a six year term, six years. What would that make this Senate runoff race? Oh, we would only need one of the two to win. So get off your friggin' high horse and, and your sanctimonious, uh, I don't like Lynn Wood. I don't like Sidney Powell. They're crazy. You can step off of that crap right now because guess what? You made the situation worse when you destroyed somebody like Roy Moore and said, oh, he's a crazy pedophile when there was no substantiation to the claims. But you know what? We had to watch you guys go, oh, he's cray cray because he's a Trump guy and we just have to destroy him. So there you go. That's on you. That's not on me. Now, I do want to leave you with something amazing that just happened, and it has to do with the lockdowns. Um, it, it really takes a Rick Santelli moment for uh crap to happen remember rick santelli was the one down there when they were passing all this the bailouts in the housing market on the on the wall street uh, floor and he starts just going to town and that began the tea party well rick santelli is back doing it again this time about the lockdowns listen to this the easiest answer is necessarily the only answer Rick, I just, I just as a, as a as a public health and public service announcement uh, for the audience, the difference wait, between wait, a big all, box retailer. Who is this? Hold on. The difference between it. <clears throat> it's oh, Andrew. The different. The else? difference between <laughs> a big else? box retailer. Hold on. The difference between a big box retailer and a restaurant, or frankly, even a a church, are so different. It's unbelievable. Going I into a big box retailer, I disagree. You're wearing. You can a mask. have your thoughts, and I you're can have mine. You're required to wear a mask. I disagree. I, it's science. I'm sorry. It's science. If it's you're wearing a mask, science. it's a different story. 500 people in a Lowe's aren't any safer than 150 people in a restaurant that holds 600. I don't believe it. Sorry, don't believe okay. it. Okay. And I you, live in an area don't... where there's a lot of restaurants that have fought back and they don't have any problems, and they're open. Okay. You don't have to believe it. But let me just say this. You're doing a I disservice to the won't. viewer because the viewers need to you understand it. You are doing it. a disservice we, we to the viewer. You are. You are. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If, 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 I, I would like to keep our viewers as healthy as humanly possible. 
The idea of packing people into yeah. restaurants. I think our viewers are smart enough to make a, part of those decisions on their completely own. Different I don't things. think that I'm much smarter different than things. all the viewers like some people do. Yeah, enough said right there. That's pretty daggone amazing. <laughs> but he's completely right. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. Check out the podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker, uh, TuneIn, iHeart. You can also check us out on the blog, adrianslade.show.com and donate anchor.fm uh, slash Adrian Slade. You can donate right there through the webpage and we will see you guys next time. God bless. 